0: No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. So as you guys know, last week we really spent the episode talking about what's going on We were fortunate enough to have Sierra come on and kind of just share her experience and share her story. And then Julie and I got into a whole conversation on our white privilege and just things that we've learned. And we were so happy this week we were joined by Justin Sylvester. And we started the episode really, you know, talking about everything happening and his experience going to protests, et cetera. And then we spoke about celebrity content, but kind of based in the lens of what's going on. And I hope you guys enjoy hi guys i'm emma and i'm julie and we're the girls behind comments by celebs and we are so excited you guys know how much we love this man we are here with co-host of ease daily pop and host of just the sip podcast justin sylvester hey
1: guys how are you
0: i'm so happy to be on with you it feels like it's been so long same
1: Oh my God. It's been so long. I feel like a lot has changed since the last time we <laughs> talked
0: to one another. Justin, just the world, it's a different world. And honestly, in the best way possible, I think from when was it about a month, a little bit more than a month ago, I cannot believe the amount of changes.
2: Mm,
1: literally, it's so crazy. And when I look back at all the, these things that have been going on since January, you know, the minute the minute Barney's closed. I was like, something's going on. The world's about to shift. And I think 2020, as much as it's like a sack of balls to the face, it's starting out to be the best year of our lives. (laughs)
0: Listen, everybody needs balls to the face sometimes, you know?
1: (laughs) It depends on what kind of balls. like. Is it fresh from the gym balls? Are we out of the shower balls? 2020 was like out of the gym. I've been in the Congo for three months, was in Iraq, and now I'm going to hit you with these balls.
2: <laughs> they
0: <That's> were <laughs> sweaty. That's exactly right. They, they were sweaty. I know. I just feel, and I know you know, you and I have been talking about this a little just in general, that there, there's definitely like a palpable change in, in, in the air. You know, you can feel, it feels different this time. And the first thing that I wanted to talk to you about was you have been going to the protests in LA and I feel like I've been to them just through your stories, but can you talk about what that experience is like?
1: Yeah. You know, going to the protests in LA, I am a hypochondriac and a germaphobe. Mm -hmm. So I'm just letting you know right now that COVID-19, I took so seriously because I was so afraid to get it or contract it because I had been hearing these horror stories. And when I saw the first protest, I was like, this is crazy. I can't believe people are out there. And on a news segment, I got a glimpse of a kid who was 21 years old around, she was white. She was holding a sign that says Black Lives Matter and I'm going to risk my life until you know it. And it was at that moment that I looked at that younger person who is not Black and said, wow, if this person is going to put their lives on the line for my people, why can't I?
2: Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Wow. Going out
1: there, listen, I was expecting World War Three. I was expecting bullets and fire and brimstone. And when I got out there, it was the complete opposite. It was unbelievably peaceful. It was unifying. I cried for half of the walk from Beverly Hills to, you know, Mid-City, which is a three-mile walk. So for me, it was just a beautiful and unbelievable thing. And, you know, what I really wanted to do with my platform And what I really wanted to convey on my Instagram story is this is safe. This is unifying. There are people from all walks of life at these things. There are also hot dudes here. So <laughs> yeah. whether, you, whether you want to come because you want to be on the right side of history or you want to come for an IG photo, please do it. Come through. You can do it. It is safe. And I just wanted to change the narrative that it was all looting and fighting and, and, and anger. And it's not that.
0: No, no. And yeah. I think that that's that's what I've definitely gotten. And I always say this to you, like our DMs serve as a place where people just give their opinions on what's going on and on commentators and on celebrities. And I cannot tell you how many people were sending us your stories being like, wow, you know, I think that you just conveyed this sense of, um, inspiration and empowerment. And it's, it was, it's really been beautiful to watch. Like, I just, you're just fucking (laughs) incredible. You know,
1: people are afraid of the unknown. I think people are afraid of what they don't know and what they can't see. And I think that's what the news media does. It presents this salacious, you know, high energy, high drama situations. And that's not always the case. And I'm telling you all right now, I know you have a lot of girls that listen to your podcast. Ladies, this is a PSA. There is some hot dick at these protests, okay? It is is like Coachella at these protests. And these men are out there for a good reason. They have their shirts off. Yeah, you might have to ask them to pull up their glasses or take down their mask. But girl, go out there. God is leaving your blessing at the corner of Santa Monica and San Vicente at these protests, girl. Go get this goddamn dick.
0: Uh, when, when I saw, when I saw your story of the guy with the man bunny sitting back, he was so buff. He was all tatted and we were going to, and you had like a hilarious caption and we were going to screenshot it and post it on our story with the caption, like a poll, like is, is at the ladies that are going to find his husband at a protest? And we wanted to do it. And then we're like, fuck, if you don't really know Justin, this will come across as insensitive, but it's so you, you know, yeah. <laughs>
1: It is so me. But I have been encouraging people. You know, I have friends who have not come to the protest. They were scared. They were afraid. And I have taken everything that they want in life. I was like, you know, to one friend, don't you want to be on the, the side of history? You remember when we were going to the Women's March and you were upset that you didn't show up? Don't have that regret again in life. I have another friend who's single and can't find her husband. I'm like, yo, God is putting him out there. You better get your ass over here. She's now out there. I have another friend who just likes to exercise and get sun. I'm like, well, just come walk with this girl. Because right? she goes She goes yeah. just for the exercise and the sun and to get out of the house because she didn't want to be alone anymore. And then I'm seeing her going to protest alone because she liked the message and she liked what was going on. And Mm -hmm. that's all that you can ask for is that you inspire somebody to get the fuck out, to get the Mm -hmm. fuck up or to not stay silent anymore, which is the most important part.
0: Right. The most, you know, we were kind of just talking about that before we started, which is, you know, we, we get a lot of messages like, oh, so glad you're using your platform. And what we always say is like, thank you, but also please don't praise us. Like This, to me, is the kind of thing where if you have a platform, regardless of if you're an influencer, if you have an account like ours, whatever it is, and you are not using it to the best of the ability, and not just reposting graphics, like really with any sort of meaningful thing, to me, it's just inexcusable. You know, this? it's too fucking important. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, 100%. And I'm happy you brought up the word influencer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know you have a lot of thoughts.
2: Ooh,
1: girl. Okay. <laughs>
0: Tell me. Here's what I'm going
1: to say. Here's what I'm going to say. A lot of people have been saying these influencers are out there, you know, doing performative, you know, protesting. They're only going out there for IG photos. And I say, let them go. Mm -hmm. If they went out there and didn't post anything, we'd be pissed. Right. Right. We'd say, why'd you come and not post anything? You have this platform. Why not use it? It's like when singers talk about you know, racial injustice or or abuse in their songs, that's their art form. That's what they do for a living. I'm not going to go and fact check and ask her what she was really talking about or why she talked about it. That's none of my business. But if she wants to express that in her art form and bring awareness to it, bitch, I'm here for it. So if you're an influencer and you're bringing out some new Skechers sneakers and you're going to take a photo for the gram, do your damn thing because you are going to spread the word and you're going to make another influencer go out there and try to be a part of it because influencing is like oh, no, no, she's going to do it. I got to do it too. That's how it all happens. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. (laughs) So we can't be mad at people
1: and we can't judge people if they want to take a photo and be involved that way. I don't care as long as you get the word out.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely think, I mean, listen, I think there's been, uh, what we're going to talk about on some of the episode today is some of the kind of backlash that's come out in regards to certain celebrities. But I do have to say, I think there also has been, there's been a lot of people that I've been really pleasantly surprised by. And I don't think those should go unnoticed. And again, not that they should be getting any praise. This is what they should be doing. But I guess I'm, you know, I'm glad to see it. There haven't been that many people where we felt like we've had to unfollow because we felt so disgusted with their inaction, which I guess was kind of like a, we felt good about who we were following in the first place, but there's definitely been, you know, it's, it's good to see it's, it's necessary. It's, it's, I don't know. It's non-optional. I feel.
1: 100%. But you know, a lot of celebrities will stay silent because they don't want to ruin their chances of getting a role that they're, you know, in the running for or mess up a box office. And a lot of times, We judge celebrities for not doing too much or doing too little, and a lot of times you don't know what's going on on the back end. So I try to not judge or not be like, you need to do more, but I will remember the people who stayed silent. I will not outwardly criticize you, but I will not buy that ticket. I will not do that interview. I will not go to that premiere because I'm not going to go ahead and lift you up when when I was down and out and our people were down out. You weren't saying a damn thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it definitely Absolutely. stands out. Like I I I scrolled through Instagram and not even on purpose. Like and it's not even like I'm setting out to find people who I feel like aren't doing enough, but I've definitely scrolled through Instagram and be like, you're somebody who should be doing more. You're somebody who should be doing more. You're somebody who I appreciate what you're doing. Like, I feel like it's just a thing right now.
1: Amen. And I think what Instagram needs to do, and this is going to sound like a joke and I don't mean it in a joking way. I think Instagram really needs to do this. They need to make an unfollow easier.
0: I, I fucking agree. Why do you have to go to the profile? Right? Amen.
1: I just need to be able to swipe left, press unfollow, and get my life moving again. Like, I just, they need to make it more easier because let me let you know something. I got carpal's tunnel unfollowing all you motherfuckers who were posting rose photos and dog <laughs> pics and baby pics, okay?
0: <laughs> I so agree with you. That's actually a great point. Those three little dots while you're scrolling should have an unfollow. Yeah, I very yes. much agree. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I wanted to ask you, you know, Julie and I, because last week we did an entire episode, you know, sparked, of course, by what happened to, to George Floyd. But, you know, we, we brought on one of our black listeners and she was just explaining how, you know, this is such a time for these, like, really, these conversations where you really have to go deep and, and dig deep. And, and Julie and I spoke a lot about that at the end of ours, And we were saying that in our own circles, you know, we've had a lot of conversations with our white friends that we honestly hadn't had before. And I'm curious if, you've seen in your world these conversations popping up intimately, I'm not saying on a public platform, that any of have surprised you or if you feel, I don't know how you're feeling about all that.
1: You know, it's interesting because, yeah, I've had a lot of, you know, uncomfortable conversations with privately with my friends, but it's the people who aren't trying to start the conversation. Their silence is deafening to me. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. And it's
1: interesting because you can't ignore what's going on, you know, no mm-hmm. matter where you live. But if you live in Los Angeles, you really can't ignore it because you can hear the gunshots. You can hear the smoke gas um, canisters going off. You can hear the helicopters at all hours of the day. So there is no reason for you to ignore that conversation.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: what I tell people all the time is, it's super uncomfortable to talk about. And if it's uncomfortable, that's probably the conversation that your ass needs to have.
0: Mm Yes.
2: Okay. Now I'm going
1: to make it easy for you. I'm going to make it easy for you. I'm going to send you a meme that is kind of funny, that's kind of cheeky, but it's an invitation for you to open your goddamn porcelain veneers and say something that resembles like you have a heart. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know so, what I mean? Absolutely. absolutely yeah. Yes. yes exactly. And that's very so much, true. It's so fucking true, and that's very much you know specifically to you. That's very much your style. It's never in like a sort of aggressive way. It, you you typically tend to have a lighthearted edge, no matter what you're discussion discussing, which I think makes it even more inexcusable for people not to be open to that because you do it in such a um, engaging way. You know? Yeah,
1: but you also can't like. For myself, I go back to the Me Too movement. You know, I go back to when Ashley Judd, you know, said her experience, when, when Rose McGowan said her experience and countless other women said their experiences, the people who are staying silent now were also the people who said, well, she got the role and she put herself in that position. And, you know, she, she didn't stop talking to him after that. I mean, she stayed friends with him, so she must have wanted it. It's those same people. So, if you, as a person, a white person or a white woman, couldn't even rally around another white woman, right, and couldn't right. jump on the bandwagon with Gwyneth Paltrow, how the hell am I going to get you to jump on the bandwagon with George Floyd? Mm-hmm. It's a good
0: point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great point. You know what I mean? I, have, I know and exactly. What I don't doing. have a.
1: I don't have an ovary. No one can grab me by the pussy. But God damn it, someone could do that to my daughter. Someone could could overlook my daughter for a job because she was a woman, my future daughter because she was a woman. And guess what? I'm going to do this now because at 55, 60, that's the last goddamn thing I want to do. I want to be at Sandals.
0: On an <laughs> right. all-inclusive
1: at 63.
0: Right. Yeah. No, exactly. That's why we have to do it now. I, I wanted to ask you, do you feel in your lifetime... Do you feel a sense of hopefulness that you haven't felt before? Like, do you find that this time is different? Does it feel different for you?
1: This time to me feels like the moment. I don't know if you guys were around because you guys are fucking 12, but (laughs) there was this moment where there was this prop eight situation that was going to ban gay marriage.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. Um, This
1: happened like six years ago, maybe seven years ago.
2: Yeah.
1: And I remember the feeling of all of the world rallying around gay people for them to have basic human rights. And I remember feeling like, wow, this is going to change. This is going to be a significant shift in how we treat each other. And it was, and the world came to an understanding, like, all right, we know that you don't agree with this and we don't agree with this, but we're gonna come together and we're gonna help you guys figure this out because as human beings and as taxpayers who pay the same amount of taxes as all of us, we gonna give you guys the right to marry and we gonna figure out how to give you guys the basic rights that you're asking for.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. I think
1: mm-hmm. it's reminiscent of that time because for Prop eight, it wasn't just gay people talking. And for Black Lives Matters, it's not just black people talking. When I look at that crowd of this protest, sixty percent of those motherfuckers are non black. And it's beautiful.
0: It is. No, I, I mean I you know, of course it's it's different and I recognize that we're in a different, you know, our perspective is different obviously as, as white women, but I don't know if this is just also because of what's going on with Corona and the fact that it's almost forcing so many people that were consciously turning a blind eye to it to pay attention, but it feels different to me. There, there's a sense of camaraderie. There's a sense, even across social, there's just, there's just a sense of we're not fucking standing for it this time. Like I saw a sign that said, you know, we're the last generation you're going to fuck with. And it's kind of like the, the sense that it's, I feel. Yeah. Well, I think it has yeah. also honestly a lot to do
2: with Trump. I think that this happened Mm -hmm. during his presidency with everybody being against him. It kicked us in the ass and was like, this is what we're fighting against him for.
1: Oh, no, Mm -hmm. 100%. But let me just start off by saying this, and I should have said this at the top, and I forget to say it. This is not a political movement. This is not Democrats versus Republicans because I have seen some Republicans on these marches. And just so you know, I'm kind of sort of asexual when it comes to politics. I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a Republican, but I'm mostly skewed Democrat. But I will also say that just because there's a D next to that person's name, they're not always here for my causes, so I will vote the aura. Not that I did it in the presidential (laughs) election, but I'm just saying when I do vote. But people are trying to make this about politics and it's not about politics, it's unfortunate, that he's made it easier for us to band together because everybody likes a common cause. And when he cut those lights off at the White House, we were like, fuck that. We paid for these lights. How the hell are you going to cut them off and not listen to us?
0: I know you you motherfucker. It's Oh my God. It's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's so infuriating, but no, you're absolutely right. It's not a political thing. It's a fucking human. It's a human thing. Some
1: of the best sex I've ever had was Republican sex. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You look up hashtag lady G on Twitter and you get your life.
2: Living for it. I can't. I'm living for it. La-
0: lady yeah. G. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. I know. Um, I shouldn't even
1: deal with Lady G.
0: No, me either.
2: And the craziest thing was the timeline of Lady G. Because I saw that initial tweet the night before that was like, if I know this information, will other people speak out? And the next day, the next morning, it was trending on Twitter.
1: The gays, Uh look, we are here. We the gays are here until you fuck with our our basic human rights. Okay. We are here until we will have our roses, we will eat our tuna tartars, we will go to our berries boot camps and we will not mess with anybody. We will fight amongst each other, but we are not fighting with anybody. But come for our basic human rights, Aaron Schock, Lady G, President of the United States. We're here,
0: we're ready oh you're fucking ready it's so good it's so good Um, I also wanted to mention that by the time this episode comes out this will already have happened but you can watch it on Bravo's IGTV because I'm sure they saved it Justin is doing a panel called Amplify Our Voices an open dialogue on being black in America and it's him, Candy, Portia and Giselle um, from Bravo so definitely go to Bravo TV's Instagram to watch that because I'm sure it's going to be incredible lit Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting auraframes.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. We haven't spoken. I feel like we haven't spoken celebrities. I don't even know, right? Justin, this is, I'm thrilled. It's so crazy. It's so crazy, I know. So we wanted to, for anybody listening, this isn't, you know, there really isn't celebrity news right now and that's not even what we wanted to talk about. We thought we would frame it based on what's going on right now and just kind of some of the responses that have come out, both positive and negative, and some of the scandals that are, you know, rooted in this movement. So the first one is Liam Michelle, which mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I I have a question that I wanna I, I feel like I should preface before we even start and in getting into what actually happened. Both of you, this is a question for both of you, do you think that this was like Hollywood's best kept secret, that she's this crazy diva, or was it the kind of thing where everybody knows about it, just no one is is speaking about it.
2: Mm. Yeah, mm. <laughs> what do you okay. think?
0: First you of see?
2: all,
1: let me first start off by saying that I have interviewed Leah Michelle a few times. She has only been nothing but nice to me, and I have only had great experiences with her. Okay. However, <laughs> and I will also say to lighten the blow, that I feel like sometimes it's easy, it's easy to label somebody something and people don't realize when you label somebody something like a racist or a rapist or a pedophile, that really never leaves them.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. uh,
1: I use that word very lightly. I don't think I've even used the word one time besides chanting it at the march this week because I automatically know, because I've seen it before with my own two eyes. I grew up in South Louisiana. I know what a racist is.
2: Right, right.
1: I think in Leah Michelle's situation, and I'm gonna apologize to her now because I'm gonna say this bluntly. And again, I was not there. I think Leah Michelle was an uh, equal opportunity diva. Yes. She was a dick to everybody. Black, white, whatever. I think Leah Michelle got fame at a very young age. I think when you get fame at it, as a teenager, you get stuck where you become famous, which is why Paris Hilton's going to be always 21 in her mind. Tom Cruise right. is always going to be 25. Risky business moments. Like Leah mm-hmm. Michelle was just that famous, that young, and was a brat, and just never grew up, and never had to really deal with her situation, to deal with her her attitude, because everybody kind of curtail around her. And if you don't tell Veruca Salt that she is wrong and that she is a brat, guess what? She's gonna grow up to be Mrs. Veruca Salt.
2: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: I just felt bad that Leah Michelle got labeled a racist because. When I looked at those tweets and I am a black person, when I looked at those tweets, there were white people in there, there were men, there were women, Bette Midler's granddaughter was in there and there was a black girl or two. I just didn't want people to focus on, and I kept on saying this, the race, oh, she's a racist. I'm like, no, 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 because if you would've went through Ellen's tweets, you know, four months, two months ago when people were going through Ellen's shit and you would've found one black person who was like, yeah, she said this to me. You couldn't say, Oh my God, Ellen is a racist, because out of a hundred and five tweets, you got one black one?
2: Right. Right. Well, I'm I mean, absolutely like, obsessed with the idea of Leah Michelle having to or like people having to come out with Leah Michelle and saying, Listen, it's not that she's a racist, she's just a shitty person in general. Right. <laughs> Amen. That's, like, the craziest right. Defa- like ever.
1: Now that apology, on the other hand. Well,
0: no. I mean, I have to think. <laughs> Wait, let me just read it to everyone in case anyone didn't read it because it's worth reading and and I want to dissect. Let me just read it. I feel like we're doing the whole Kristen uh, J divorce statement, but I have to read this out loud. Okay, ready? This was, this came in the form of a three slide note post on Instagram. Okay. One of the most important lessons of the last few weeks is that we need to take the time to listen and learn about other people's perspectives and any role we have played or anything we can do to help address the injustices that they face. When I tweeted the other day, this was after, of course, everybody knows this was sparked after she tweeted, you know, Black Lives Matter. When I tweeted the other day, it was meant to be a show of support for our friends and neighbors and communities of color during this really difficult time. But the responses I received to what I posted had made me also focus specifically on how my own behavior towards fellow cast members was perceived by them. Fucking keyword, which we'll get back to in a second. Right. Well, I don't... While I don't remember ever making this specific statement and I have never judged others by their background or color of their skin, that's not really the point. What matters is that I clearly acted in ways which hurt other people. Whether it was my privileged position and perspective that caused me to be perceived as insensitive or inappropriate at times, or whether it was just my immaturity and me just being unnecessarily difficult, I apologize for my behavior and for any pain which I have caused. We all can grow and change and I have definitely used these past several months to reflect on my own shortcomings." I'm a couple months from becoming a mother, and I know I need to keep working to better myself and take responsibility for my actions so that I can be a real role model for my child and so I can pass along my lessons and mistakes so that they can learn from me. I listen to these criticisms, and I will be learning, and while I'm very sorry, I will be better in the future from this experience. Oh, my God. Let's fucking get into it. I mean. (laughs) Like, calm the fuck up. Right? You know what? uh,
1: You ever watch Family Guy? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know when Peter falls and he hits his knee and he's like,
2: ah, <laughs> ah, like
1: the whole time. That's all I did. And you know what I feel bad about? What? I feel bad that like I almost wish the people who had said that about me and Michelle. Gave her the opportunity to know that when they were growing up, like, hey, by the way, you were a bitch to me a year ago or two years ago. And I wonder, I bet you she would have apologized. Well, I bet And
2: that's what Heather you... Morris said in her, in her statement. She was like, was she pleasant what? to work with? No, she was awful. But also it's on us because no one said anything.
0: Heather Morris? No one,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, Morris said that. No one said anything to her. Like, no one said to, you know... Whitney Houston, hey girl, like you may want to slow down on that. Like you have to be able to have these conversations with people because they just grow up to be X, Y, and Z. But when she used the word perceived.
2: Oh yeah. No, come on. That's the
1: part that I was like, oh, I wish celebrities would call me before they put out an apology because you're going to have to apologize for the apology.
0: No, I know. And I have a couple things to say. First of all, I think in general, when these types of things come out, any any sort of apology, regardless of what Um, of what it's for. Like it's never my first instinct to rip apart the apology because I I like to take a second to digest it. But this was one where while I was reading it, I was like, come on, you have an opportunity here and you're, you're, you know, you're taking the opportunity to do it. And and it couldn't have been any less tactful in my opinion. And the second thing that I want to say in regards to what you were saying that somebody should have said something, like I agree in theory because I do think it could have altered the trajectory of her behavior. That being said, I think it's really hard when you're the one being victimized to stand up and say something, you know, like I don't think every everybody had it in them at the time to, yeah, to yes, say that which is you know
1: I just- yeah but at the same in the same breath if you are on a cast with somebody and there's 20 people on the cast the glee and 10 of them thinks one person is rude or ruthless it's a conversation that you have with the producer who then passes it on to her manager who then passes it on to her agent and then they pass it back and forth and then they realize okay somebody has to say something here you just start that conversation. I just think no one started that conversation with her. So how, how the hell do you expect somebody to change? And that's what I keep on going back to. I felt bad for her that she was like, oh my God, I had no idea. Because also when you're a celebrity, you're in your own world.
2: Do you think you can be that shitty of a person? And I'm not saying that she's a horrible person in general, but I'm just saying that like, reading some of these statements that people have said about her, like calling the background actors, cockroaches and, and whatever. Like, can you be that terrible and really have no idea? I
1: think you can. I have nannied some kids. I have nannied some kids in my life. Cause I was a nanny for almost 10 years. And I'm like, you guys are raising this girl to be like this. And she doesn't even know, like, she has no idea. She was just the richest, the prettiest, you know, the only girl in a family of boys and they let her get away with so much and no one told her anything until I was like, you're a little shit. (laughs) And she was, her mother was like, what did you say to her? I'm like, she's a little bitch. Like you guys can't let her walk around like this. Some people don't know. And when it comes to celebrity, you know, there was this old Hollywood, old school Hollywood way of curtailing and walking a celebrity through life and managing their bad behavior because you didn't want them to be pissed off.
0: Right, right, right. I think that's that's how did. Yeah, I think this was a combination of just like an inherent kind of profound lack of self-awareness coupled with the fact that she was probably surrounded by a lot of yes people. And that's why we always say like, the same people that are okaying Chloe's fucking face tune are the same people. Like, I just think that there's a certain level where someone has to say something. Someone has to step in. What do you, what benefit do you have when you're just surrounded by these constant? Yes. People, you know,
1: that's the issue. That's the problem. But I also don't agree um, with what HelloFresh did to her.
0: Oh, so let me read this in case anybody didn't know. So um, as a result of the allegations, HelloFresh announced that they would be terminating their partnership with Leah. They said, quote, HelloFresh does not condone racism nor discrimination of any kind. We are disheartened and disappointed to learn of the recent claims concerning Leah Michelle. We take this very seriously and have ended our partnership with Leah Michelle effective immediately. What did you think?
1: My problem is that they were based on claims. Mm -hmm. And like, if you're in this moment and you're a brand and someone claimed that you did something that you didn't do. And all of a sudden you're just going to drop me because of a claim like that, that sets the precedent and it only feeds into the cancel culture that we have been trying to change these past few months. I think right. everybody wants this quick response from from everybody. People want to be the first to like drop Roseanne, or I'm going to be the first to drop this person because they did X, Y, and Z. First of all, I wouldn't have even known that Leah Michelle was working with HelloFresh. Like HelloFresh was cute. It could, it could have been. It could have chilled there for a moment and said, "We're going to figure this out. We're going to investigate this. We're going to chill out." But what it does is it makes other brands want to jump on the bandwagon and say oh well if they did this we have to do it too we can't be we look like the only brand that doesn't stand up for racial sensitivity
2: right and
1: again it wasn't about race i don't think that she is a racist i'm gonna say that over and over again and people get mad at me she is not a racist i know that i grew up in the south was she a bitch probably so who wasn't a bitch? I was a bitch from 13 to 15. I was in the closet. It was terrible. I was rude. I was defensive. I was dealing with things. I could almost imagine, and I'm not making an excuse for her, I can imagine that Leah Michelle was hiding a lot of shit, a lot of insecurities. She was dating somebody that probably, you know, that did have a little bit of a substance abuse issue that she was probably hiding as well. And when you're that young, you take on that responsibility. She was the moneymaker in her family. She was the breadwinner at 14. Like, come on. Like, we've got to be more sensitive, and we have to really look at the full picture. And we can't keep on canceling people because of what one tweet said. And one tweet said... You know she's a racist, and then all of a sudden HelloFresh is like, "All right, since Nancy from Minnesota said she was a racist, we're going to cancel it." Meanwhile, Nancy never ordered a fucking HelloFresh box in her goddamn life.
0: Right, right. I, okay, I, this is—I have a response though, and I want—and I want your opinion on this because I would imagine, Julie, that you feel—I would imagine, Julie, you feel the same way as me. You know, I agree with you wholeheartedly regarding the cancel culture thing, and that's something we talk about all the time. That being said. When this type of stuff comes out, I feel like as a white person, I don't have any grounds whether to evaluate whether or not someone is racist or the behavior that someone is accusing them is racist. Like, I just don't think it's my place. It's a totally different thing. You saying that, but I don't feel like I wouldn't feel not only like I don't just being able to say it publicly. I'm saying like genuinely, I don't think that I have the grounds to make that evaluation. You know? Oh,
1: one hundred percent. But you also can, I, I kind of agree with you, but you're old enough to know what it looks like. You're old enough to know what it sounds like. Can you make it in a small group of friends? And can you say it, you know, between people that you know? Yeah, you could probably evaluate it and, and express it that way. I just don't think it's anybody's right to say that somebody is a racist unless we have proven that they are a racist, that they have continued their racist behavior, and or if they're still doing the same things that they were doing, and it's only towards one race.
0: You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you entirely. Everything you're saying makes so much sense. I just want to acknowledge that like, I do feel there's a difference with you saying that versus us. Like, I don't think that if if a Black person is coming out and saying she engaged in racist behaviors that it's at all my place to be like, you know, maybe look at it this way. You know, like, I don't, I just don't think exactly. that that's, that's something within, within our capabilities. I just think like, we don't, we've never experienced that. We don't know what racism feels like. So who the fuck am I? You know,
2: oh, to I say to the this. you know what racism feels like.
0: No, I'm saying I have never personally been discriminated against because of my skin color is what I'm saying. I've, I've witnessed, I, I understand what it looks like, but I'm saying I have never been on the opposite end of that. And so how am I supposed to, that's, that's what I'm saying. What about anti semitically Like not the same thing because it's not a skin
2: color issue, but you feel like you haven't had that experience either?
0: I, I mean, no, je- like in my own personal life, I don't think I have. Had you, have you? Oh Yeah.
1: In this lifetime, like, this is crazy that you're still dealing with anti-Semitism in the, like, these times.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I always, when I was growing up, and I don't even think I realized it till I was older, but I would come back from sleepaway camp and there would be a million jokes made at me. It didn't, it didn't, like, affect me because I thought I just had a role with it, but I've definitely had things,
1: And that's microaggressions. And that's what we've all been dealing with.
2: Right. But I definitely know what it feels like. Not to the same extent, sure. of course not, but I definitely know what that feels
0: like. Right. I think it's different because just in terms of you and I, just because of, you know, my school is mostly Jewish. Every, everywhere right. that I've been has been mostly Jewish in terms of those environments, which is probably the difference. Yeah. No, I 100%. So. I
1: yeah. also think as a, as a world, as a nation, because things are so heightened right now, we have to get the language correct. Like Mm -hmm. we have to know the difference between somebody who's a racist and someone who's racially insensitive.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
1: someone who's ignorant. There's three different forms. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I feel like really getting those words right and understanding the difference because what we can't do is keep pointing fingers at people and having this moment because if we call racist 10 times on the 11th time, somebody's going to be like, oh, you said that 10 other times. Right, but if right. You call it if you call someone ignorant or you call somebody racially insensitive, you know, 10, 15 times, and then on the 17th time you point at somebody else and you say they're racist. People are like, uh-huh, okay, we're with you. We get it. We understand right. it.
0: Right. Right. It carries weight, is what you're saying. I understand that for
1: sure.
0: Let's talk about something near and dear to our hearts, our furry companions. Life is full of unexpected twists, just like the ones we love to uncover about our favorite celebs. But sometimes those twists involve our four-legged friends. Imagine navigating the unpredictable world of pet parenthood, where every day is a new adventure. Our partner, Spot Pet Insurance, wants to share a message to help make sure you're prepared for any unexpected curveballs, whether it's a sudden illness or an unplanned trip to the vet. Spot Pet Insurance can be your secret weapon against the unexpected. With Spot, you can get up to 90% cash back on eligible vet bills, Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, coinsurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com sample policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by SpotPet Insurance Services, LLC. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I wanted to talk about this next story because I think, to me, this was a totally different ballgame, and I I really am curious to hear your opinion. So last week, Faith Stowers, who was the only Black cast member on Vanderpump Rules, and for anybody who doesn't watch, she was a recurring character in the fourth season, and then she returned again in the sixth season. And she was on an IG Live where she said, quote, I did a show with an all-white cast. I was the only Black person on the show. I believe it hit the ceiling for me and made me really want to run for the hills when Kristen and Stassi decided they were going to call the cops on me. There was this article where there was an African-American lady. It was a weird photo, so she looked very light-skinned and had these different weird tattoos. They showcased her, and I guess this woman was robbing people. The woman was at large, and they called the cops and said it was me. This is a true story. I heard this from Stassi during an interview. It was just funny because they thought it was me because it was a black woman with a weave. So they just assumed it would be me, and they called the cops on me. It didn't work, so they were upset about that she then said, quote, I just want to say this is not an attack on Vanderpump Rules. It wasn't done on the show. And the podcast that she was referring to that Stassi spoke about it on was back in 2018, Stassi was on Bitch Bible and the episode has since been deleted, but she basically tells this story in a very kind of joking matter. Some account that I can't find posted the clip and you know, just, just talks about it very kind of lightly. And also at the same time in 2018, Kristen uh, tweeted and said, she, she shared a tweet of the article that was the woman that the police were looking for. And she says, Hey tweeties, doesn't this ex pump rules thief look familiar? Someone put her on MTV and gave her a platform for press. I didn't want to go there, but I'm going there. And, you know, there was also an audio clip from Stasi's podcast in 2017, where she was basically speaking about why award shows were highlighting black people. And she was saying like, you know, why is it the Asians that are never mad? That's a direct quote. Uh, kind of thing. So that was basically what transpired. And you know, since they've then, Kristen Stasi have both apologized, but I need your opinion on this because for me, this was like, what the actual fuck?
1: What the actual <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the TV show out of it. And I'm just going to speak to personal experience. And I'm gonna speak on a more personal level without the thought of Vanderpump Rules. Okay. The first thing people need to realize is that when you're the only Black person in a group of friends, in a in a school, or at a job, or in any social situation, it's inevitably uncomfortable for us. Right. Immediately. Automatically. Right. And what tends to happen, and it, it's always happened, and there's been scientific proof that you kind of sort of band with the people who look like you and you yeah. always band against the person who doesn't. Right. So y'all need to check yourselves at the door on that. Everybody listening to right. this, everybody who has a coworker who doesn't get invited to you know the afternoon drinks after we get off of work because she's not in the crew, but she may just look different from us. Like you need to be careful because those minorities already mm-hmm. feel a sense of being an outcast because of their skin color.
0: Right. 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 Absolutely.
1: And the second thing is, this time with everybody being called out for behaviors like this, the fact that Stassi felt comfortable tweeting that out about, you know, that award show lets me know that, she is from Louisiana. She is from the South. And I'm not saying all people are like this. I think people are just ignorant and they're careless and they don't get how their tweets and how their words could affect people. And you're also like, you can't do that. You can't say that. You can't eat. You're not even supposed to think that. And Unfortunately, she didn't get a lashing about it back when it first came out because I saw it and I thought, "Ooh, girl, I'm gonna let black Twitter take care of this bitch. I'm, I know black Twitter about to come up on her yeah. real quick, but something was going on. Black Twitter was was the beehive and black Twitter were on somebody else. So <laughs> nobody really got at it. And I right. thought to myself, her day, this is going to come up again and her day of reckoning is going to come. I think everybody should look at what is going on right now and learn from Kristen and Stasi's mistakes, because what they're going through right now is they have to teach themselves. They have to learn. They have to lose and they have to grow in order to understand how hurtful that was to that girl. They are going to they are going to lose the money. They are going to lose, you know, the opportunities. They are going to go through all of this. And I'm happy that they're going through it because people need to see how your words and how your I'm not going to say discrimination. I'm going to see say how your mean girl ish antics can affect people and how it's going to affect you.
0: Yeah, right. and also yeah. The, the fact that, that, first of all, fucking yes to every single thing you said, and also, though, the, the fact that I think one of the reasons this story was so jarring is specifically because of everything going on right now, we as a country, thank God, are hyper-focused on police brutality and on, you know, on, on how the police treat black people. And so for them to do it as this joking thing, meanwhile, that could have resulted in the loss of this woman's life. You know, that to me Amen. is what's so... You fucking call the police, like, and one could say, "Well, they maybe." And to brag about it, and maybe one could say, "Oh, well, maybe they they weren't aware as to you know the uh, the racial profiling that goes on and the way that the cops could have treated her." First of all, to me, that's not an excuse. It's really not. Make yourself aware. Make your fucking self aware, and and also, it's not like this happened. You know, in two thousand ten, this happened two years ago. And the other, three years ago, and the other thing, I'm sorry, I'm like, this This one really yeah. got me. Like, it really yeah. fucking got me. Because this wasn't, it's one thing to say something. It's one thing to have a misstep in a tweet. This is like an actual, an action that could have cost this woman her life. And I don't think that's me being dramatic. If there's anything we have seen from the past couple of weeks, it's the actions that happen with, you know, police officers and black people. And I just think it's inexcusable. Yeah.
2: I, I really do. 100%. Uh-huh.
1: I think it's inexcusable. And I will, I'm more of a, I'm more forgiving towards people in general because I often know that the universe is either going to teach them a lesson or it won't. And I feel like these two girls are learning that lesson the hardest way that they possibly can right now. And I think they are going to lose a lot. I'm interested to see how they grow and change from this. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah. Like, I feel like,
1: and this is maybe my, this is where I differ from from a lot of people. A lot of times people are like, how could you not condemn this person? How could you not say that she should be kicked off this show? You know, X, Y, and Z. I'm going to be honest. I have said a lot of things in my life. I've made a lot of mistakes. I have done a lot of things when I was younger that I'm not proud of because of who I was and how I was angry about hiding who I was and growing up black and gay in South Louisiana was not the easiest. So defensiveness was my, my go-to, you know, I have said homophobic things about other people just so I wouldn't appear gay. Right. You know, I've Mm -hmm. seen myself do that in the past. I've, you know, come to the conclusion that I will never say anything like that again. And I've apologized, but you know, you when you don't know you don't know and i think for a lot of people they don't know but now is the time in 2020 that everybody is getting the education that they deserve we know you're not busy because your ass is stuck at home with COVID. we already know you're not leaving the house because the murder hornets are watching the door (laughs) so if you can no longer after 2020 use The excuse, I was not aware. I did not know how this would affect somebody because guess what? We are turning up in the streets of LA, New York, Hawaii, Montana, bitch. I didn't even know there was black people in Montana. We are in all 50 (laughs) states turning up, burning shit down, going into REI, talking, protesting, letting people know how they can change. You can no longer in your life use the term, I didn't know.
0: Yes. Right. Yeah. So let's get everything out on
1: the table right now. If you think that you have had some, you know, girl, you knew you called the cops on that girl and you knew she was going to say it. If you know out there, anybody listening to this, if you're a semi a celebrity and you've done some real backwards ass shit to somebody who is a minority, who is black, you better text those motherfuckers now and say, let's get this out the way. I apologize for what I did to you because, you know, it's going to come out at some point.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think yeah. You're fucking spot on. You're spot on. You're spot on. And
1: you can't do it. You can't do it. It's it's like if men men can't go into the workplace anymore and say, oh my God, I didn't know that was sexual harassment. You're like, we just went through this a year ago. We right. we just had the seminars, motherfucker. Have you not been watching TV? Do you not know hashtag Harvey Weinstein? There is no right. more excuses that behavior because the lord turned 2020 into a revolution
0: it's a fucking revolution i know it really is it really is right (sighs) yes i just well that's the thing we're talking about also is that if you going forward
2: from this point are still unaware that's a choice like you've chosen to turn away from it and look the other way
1: Mm -hmm. It's a choice Mm -hmm. or you were at a 250 day silent retreat and you have no clue. That's the only, if you were in a coma from COVID from March until December 31st, maybe I can give you a pass, you know, but
2: it's like when Jared Leto got home from that retreat and everyone was like, whoa, by the way, you can't go outside anymore. (laughs) Yeah. no. It's so yeah.
1: crazy, and I—you can't go outside anymore. But it's so nuts that I'm interested to see apologies going forward after this happens. Like I feel like we're going to never be able to accept that people just didn't know. And bringing it back to what you said, how it feels differently. I feel like it feels differently because. People are ready and willing and are able to listen and to take it in and to receive it. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times there are still men out there who think that, you know, I should have the right to touch a woman like that. Or damn, I wish I could just say, I wish I can just slap that ass real quick. There's still some men who think that, but guess what they're not doing? Acting on it.
0: Right, 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 exactly. That's that's kind of why this, this one just hit me differently because it's, uh, you know, it's one thing to think it. It's another thing to fucking act on. I just, Oh God, really? But I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, this. Agree. Oh, yeah. Ignorance is no excuse. And, and, you know, Julie, for us, I feel like if anything, me specifically, I am too forgiving. Like I've think oh, we yeah. got even, even Justin, I don't know if That's you heard our podcast.
2: So it's, it's, it goes the same way.
0: Yeah. But I mean, we, you know, um, Justin on our podcast last week, wow. we invited, I told you Sierra, one of our um, this young black woman who's been a long time listener yeah. and in it she was saying how like sometimes and she wasn't only speaking to us, she was speaking directly how like being a fan of someone doesn't mean that you you know have to always assume that they have the right intention and that it's more about impact than it is about intention she, you know because I my thing and I, I struggle with it still is that I sometimes focus too much on the intention and I give people a pass a lot because I, obviously always want to be judged on intention versus impact. And so I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a struggle that I'm working on getting better at. And I typically am never the one to, you know, come down hard. But this one hit me different. I felt it was just, I don't know. The next thing that we wanted to speak about was Alexis Ohanian, who is obviously the co-founder of Reddit and Serena Williams' husband. He is also the executive chairman of Reddit. And he announced that he is resigning from the company's board. And he's encouraging his colleagues to hire a black candidate to replace him. And he spoke both on his yeah. Instagram and he also did um, an IG Live with Serena. And he spoke about, you know, having, he had this like an in-depth conversation kind of about what motivated him to take a stand. And I want to read this quote because I think it's telling. He said, this was not an easy decision at all. I thought about what I could do beyond a social media post, beyond a donation. We need diversity at the highest levels of business now more than ever. Once I realized why I needed to do it, it became very easy. I thought about what those dollars could do for a community that was clearly suffered for far too long, and that I, with my power and my influence and my privilege, want to do something meaningful to start, to show a change, to make a better world for Olympia. I wanted to put as much weight behind the gesture as I could because I felt I owed it to you and I owed it to her. One of the things that really broke me at some point in my last week, I was looking at Olympia. She's two and a half now, and she's such a pure, just blank canvas. She only knows love. There's not an ounce of hate in her body. I'm sitting here like, if I'm this pissed off just now, how have you been able to endure your entire life? How have generations of black Americans been able to endure your entire life? Because if I'm just getting this mad right now, I wouldn't be able to function. And Serena you know, responded and she said, it's hard, it's definitely not easy. It's something that unfortunately has become normal for us. Um, and he also said that in addition to stepping down, he's donating future gains from his Reddit stock to help the black community, starting with a $1 million pledge to Colin Kaepernick's uh, nonprofit. That was that was a big move. Yeah.
1: Just so I'm clear, if my future husband is watching, listening to this, and he owns a company and he decided to do that, guess what? You're gonna have we're gonna have sex every night. <laughs> I'm gonna throw it on you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> Here's this man, obviously, he and Serena Williams have been together for a very long time he was there whenever they were making the documentary about her life with HBO called Serena. And in her documentary, she details the harsh racism she and her sister endured at the hands of the fans of tennis when they first got in. Right. Right. And her dad and, you know, having to deal with that. So he is no stranger to that story. And I think for him, This was a big moment because, yeah, he had heard the story. But by the time he and Serena dated and by the time they got married, she had already eclipsed race. Like she was beyond race. She was the greatest tennis player of all time. So she wasn't dealing with the things that she was dealing with when she first got in the sport. Right. And now to be deep, deeply involved And what's going on and looking at your daughter, who is also black and looking at your wife, who's black and looking at their family who are going through these through these things and through these emotions. You only have one option, and that's to feel for them and to empathize and to make a bigger change because you have that power. And for me, I look at him and I'm so proud that Serena Williams not only met a man who was willing to do that, but that she was also willing to do the work to make him understand what kind of power he has. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what he said in his Instagram caption also that I think really stuck out was that when he said, like, one day his Black daughter is going to look at him and say, what did you do? And he had had to be able to answer that question. Exactly. (laughs) He's going to be like,
1: the reason why you have to go to state school, honey, is because I gave up my company so you can live a life. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's, it's so true. And I think also more than the money was the stepping down and wanting his spot to be filled by a black person, because to me that speaks, it's true, you know, diversity at the highest level is what really breeds change. And I, I just thought it was a powerful motion. And you're totally right. They always say like, behind every great man is a great woman. And I think specifically with Serena, like, you just know that she brings a level of excellence to that family. Uh, that's probably unparalleled. I'm just oh, like a yeah. huge fan of hers and, and his like I really enjoy their relationship I really do yes me too yeah. that was a good one
1: I yeah. love it when she first got with him I was like I don't know y'all I know. I don't know you went from Drake to that like I don't I wasn't seeing it because I think he's cute and Eastern European I like an Eastern European goofy looking guy anyway right um, and I was like I'm not seeing it per se and then I watched the documentary and I was like haha. ha I get it.
0: Yeah. yeah. I get it. it. Yeah. That's how, no, that's how I felt. Um, mm-hmm. You want to quickly touch on Kanye? Because I know that we have to let you go. You have a big fucking night in three hours. You're doing this giant panel. Let's do it. I know. I know. Um, okay. Let's just touch on this. So, you know, Kanye had been relatively silent um, initially, and there was a lot of conversation about what was going on there. And, you know, then in very typical Kanye fashion, he came out and he created a 529 uh, college savings plan to fully cover tuition for George Floyd's six year old daughter, Gianna. And he also donated $2 million to support the families of and the legal funds for Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor. Um, apparently, he's also been donating to black owned businesses, and we saw him protesting in Chicago. So, you know, this was a, <laughs> do you think this is such a Kanye move, Julie? Like well, coming out?
2: Let me pose a question that I can't answer because I'm obviously too biased in this situation.
0: Okay. See. The
2: conversation surrounding Kanye right now is the the thread of on Twitter, which is the question of has Kanye been running a long game? In the sense of did Kanye put on that hat because he knew that it would get him in front of Trump and therefore he can push his agenda? And there was a Twitter thread that Kim actually liked that went over everything that Kanye's done since then, all of the positive change he's made, stopping stop and frisk in Chicago public schools, stopping X, Y and Z, getting people out of prison with Kim, um, telling J. Cole in part of an interview that, uh, you know, it's part of a bigger plan. Do we think that that is a possibility that Kanye has just been <laughs> running this long game or is this something that you think Kanye is realizing now? I probably fucked up really badly and it's time to, it's time to do the right thing.
1: I've always kind of sort of said that you can't make change from the outside of a building.
0: Right.
1: You need to be inside. You need to be talking with the people who run the boards and you need to be talking to the chairman of X, Y, and Z because it's a trickle down effect. You can't change the white house from, from the outside. Um, I will say, I think a lot of times we get stuck on the photos and the videos of the more salacious parts of what Kanye was doing, wearing the mega hat when nobody was ready to see him do that or willing to see him do that. I think a lot of it had to do with watching and seeing how Kim played her long game when it came to the president. And then he probably had to change his up a little bit because I don't think that the game he was playing at the beginning was a game. I think he truly thought that Trump was that dude and he wanted to support him. But then I think he saw what Kim was doing from having seats at those tables and then looking back at Chicago and talking with his friends about things that were going on in the city. And he already had an ear with Trump. So he was probably like, yo, can we talk about this real quick? Like, can we make this change happen? So what turned, what, what started as I'm just going to support who I want to support and I don't give a care what nobody think about it because I'm an American and I have the right to vote for whoever I want to support whoever I want, quickly turned into, oh, wait, this man's on my speed dial. Let me see if I can get this done real quick.
0: Right. That's an interesting. Point. I'm, not
1: mad. I'm not mad at the I'm not mad at the what started. I always say the outcome always greater benefits what the intention was. I don't know if your intention was the long game, but the outcome has has really changed the game for certain people.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, Julie, what do you think about that? I know this is like your Your <laughs> baby. Um, I think that well, I will say that. Two interesting points that
2: people pointed out that kind of got the ball rolling on that is this a long game conversation is, A, the fact that Kanye, if you look up the donations, Kanye's only ever donated to Democratic campaigns. He's donated to Hillary, donated to Obama. He's mm-hmm. continued to donate to you know Democratic organizations. So that was one. And there was a conversation that he said where he was like, you see all those things that happened. Do you see all those things that we've gotten done? That doesn't happen unless I put on the hat. Now, I'm not saying that this whole time is a long game. I think that that's a pretty, like, for me to say that, I don't think I can get away with it because I just obviously am such a Kanye fan that I think that it's a little biased for me to say that. The the one thing that I will say is that it never made sense to me that the guy who on national television said, George Bush doesn't care about black people, all of a sudden was walking around in a Make America Great Again hat. It just never fit for me. But that's not to say that he didn't do it. It's just saying that it it always seemed weird. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, inter- it's interesting. But I agree with you, Justin, that, you know, the focus should be on the impact. And he, I mean, he single-handedly just changed George Floyd's daughter's life. And, you know. 100%. You
1: know yeah. But we also can't forget, like, Kanye is the most polarizing figure in music. And he became that way on a mistake. Right. So if you remember... The Taylor Swift situation is not that different than the President Trump situation, mm-hmm. you know? He got up and he said something that was left field and he got all this press from it and became this bigger star from it. This is just a, the same thing on a different stage. Mm-hmm. Everybody was saying, go, go right, and he said, I'm gonna go left. Yeah. Because I know, like he knows, he gets that if the conversation is going, No matter if it's good or it's bad, if people are talking about him, it's fine. He's going to make the money. He's going to sell the Yeezys. People are still going to support him. The hardest thing in in celebrity is keeping the conversation going. And for some reason, for 10 years, this guy has kept the conversation going and he figured out and did what other people were afraid to do.
2: Mm -hmm. He was not afraid
1: for people to not like him because he knew even though they didn't like him. They would still listen to his shit. They would still buy his shit. But people would be more willing to talk to him if there was something like a headline of, oh my God, you did this to Taylor Swift or you did this to Trump or you said you made that bitch famous. Like he understands the media more than the media understands the media.
2: Yes. Mm And the other thing with Kanye that I'll say is that He's so unbelievably narcissistic at the same time that I don't think he cares if you don't like him. He likes him enough for everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey. It's true. Hey. It's very true. Just, hey. <laughs> <me. Hey. laughs> I love you so hey. much, hey,
1: men. I mean, this was a heavy ass episode.
0: I know we yeah, really got it. I know, but it's good. I, I'm really, I'm liking having these conversations. They're so important. And um, I'm, 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 we're just so grateful for your perspective. I don't know. I just fucking- oh
1: Anytime. And just to go over some of the things that we went over. One, don't be afraid to post. Two, if you want to go get an IG photo at at the marches, please do. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. And put a place to donate. Um, three, get all your racist antics out now because after 2020, bitch, nobody will have an excuse. Mm -hmm. And if you were and did things that were racially insensitive, pick up the phone and call that person that you did it to. It will make the world of a difference and it won't come back to haunt your ass. Don't put it in text message because you don't want that shit to come back. A screenshot can fuck shit up.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You guys are here first. Just, we love you. We are so grateful for you. you. I can help get to LA and start our next journey together. And do not forget: yes. yeah, that, that <laughs> Daily Pop and Just the Sip podcast. We love you and thank you.
1: Thank you. I love you guys.